Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Alright everybody, welcome into another edition of the Shot Show. This is officially your bowl game preview. Coastal Carolina has landed as of today in Hawaii. They are set to take on the San Jose Spartans, the San Jose State Spartans, I should say. Um, a team that uh, we were talking in our, our, our pre-recording meeting, kind of just bullshit session about uh, about them. And uh, we don't know anything about them like, at all. It's not a team that we paid attention to when this bowl game was announced. We had to learn everything about them from scratch. And so we're going to go through the research that we've done, what we've pulled together for this team, and, and help you get prepared to cheer on Coastal in uh, yet another bowl game. Josh, I'll come to you first. San Jose State finished 7-5, and five, but got there in a weird way. I want you to go through that story and, and how they, they are where they are. And, and what are your initial impressions of the Spartans as well? Yeah, so in in the fresh mind that, that I have or we all have now with college football and, and Coastal hasn't played in like three weeks now, we're looking at San Jose State and you look at 7-5 and five and you're like, okay, well, that's what we did. That's fine. That's not too crazy. We should be able to – but they're on a six-game winning streak. They lost to USC. They lost to Air Force. They lost to Oregon State, all teams that were ranked in the top 20 at one point this season. And USC was ranked as high as like two or three and obviously have like a potential number one pick. And then their other losses are to Boise State. That's a good loss. And then they lost to – they lost they lost, yeah, they lost to Toledo, whose quarterback just transferred, and like he was the number one quarterback in the portal. Right, and they were competing for the McAnee, and so they lost to all like potential conference champions this year, and then they've rattled off six wins in a row against decent teams. You got Utah State in there. You got San Diego State in there. They're on a tear right now. They're, they're, they've won six in a row. They're ridiculously balanced. They have almost as many rushing yards as they do passing yards, and their quarterback makes absolutely no mistakes. He's like 28 years old, so he's been around the game forever. This is a very good team, and I'm going to try to think back. In terms of efficiency and everything, this is one of the tougher challenges we've ever had to face in a bowl game, and we've played some pretty decent teams. And with our current state of our roster starting, we're starting Ethan Vasco. We don't have Jared Brown. Like, we're just going to go ahead and tell you now, this is going to be a tough task in an uphill battle for this Coastal Carolina team against a very good San Jose State team. Yeah, San Jose State is very offense heavy. And as most Coastal Carolina fans know, a homecoming is not ideal. But that's what Coastal Carolina is up against um, with San Jose State. Their quarterback, Siobhan Cordario uh, played four years for the University of Hawaii, is from Honolulu, Hawaii, and is now going back home. And, you know, we know there aren't many people from Teal Nation traveling to this game. Uh, all of the people that aren't Teal Nation will just be his family and friends. So Coastal Carolina has to face another homecoming, much like they do every year with Darren Granger. Jordan, how worried are you about that? And, and how worried are you about Cordario himself? I'm very worried. It's it's tough, like you mentioned. When you get a chance to go back home and you got to try to play against, you know, an opponent and you got your friends, you got your family in attendance, 
you're going to do everything you possibly can to go crazy on the team that you're playing. We've seen that numerous times. I say a few times with Granger from Georgia State coming to Myrtle Beach, and we could not get him under control whenever he came and Georgia State came to Coastal. So I'm I'm very worried. I mean, based on what he did this year, they played Hawaii earlier this year on the 28th of October. They won 35 to zero. He went 16 to 26, 251 yards, had two touchdowns and no interceptions. That's a pretty good. That's pretty good. So I'm nervous that he's going to try to like go crazy, like 350, 400 yards, and he might have like four or five touchdowns on this, this, this coastal team that let's just be honest. We got a lot of players in the portal right now. So this isn't the same Sean to clear team that we're all used to seeing. So. It's um, it's a like Josh mentioned, it's an uphill battle for sure. Yeah, I mean, you talk about homecomings, like God, like how more poetic of an ending can it get for this guy? It's definitely his last year of like eligibility. Like, there's no chance this dude has any more because his first season was in 2018. His last game ever is the Hawaii Bowl when he's from Hawaii and he played four years at Hawaii and, like you mentioned, played at Hawaii earlier this year. And killed him. How much worse could it stack up for in the homecoming department? So, I mean, that just sounds poetic to me. That sounds like the end of a movie about this dude. So, like, it was funny. We were looking at the names beforehand, and I'm looking. I'm like, I've seen this guy before. Like, I don't know where I've seen that last name before, but I've definitely heard of this dude before. And it's like, yeah, because he's been playing for the last six years, and he was at Hawaii. So, Whenever you need to make all the coin back after a, a rough day in college football, you go throw some on the Hawaii game at like midnight. That's just what everybody does. They always play. They get their own network. I've heard this guy's name a, a numerous amount of times, and for good reason. He's a pretty solid quarterback, four interceptions on the year. I mean, he doesn't put them in a lot of bad spots in the way that they can run the ball. He doesn't really – if he doesn't make any mistakes, nobody else will. Yeah, just to put his pedigree and, and the Hawaiian background in, into context, he played at St. Louis High School, which for those of you who are absolute college football sickos like I am will know that know that name. And for those of you who aren't, I'll fill you in. That's the school that produced Marcus Mariota, and he took over. Uh, San Jose State's quarterback took over after Tua Tagovailoa graduated. <laughs> he was the guy that took over for Tua. So, like, this is one of the best schools – in the country, um, let alone in, in Hawaii. So, you know, he's going to have not just his friends and family, he's going to have that entire community behind them. They come out for those St. Louis games all the time in, in record crowds, and they're going to be there as if it was one of those games for him. I think that Coastal Carolina might find itself a little bit uh, overpowered by San Jose State's offense, Basically, you know, you get into some of the advanced stats and it gets weird, but San Jose State's offense, their worst ranking in terms of NCAA, all of FBS, is their yards per game at 47. Everything else is within the top 30. This is a very potent offense. This is something that Coastal Carolina has faced a couple times and has gotten their ass kicked by, and most notably James Madison. 
James Madison has a very similar offensive style. They're almost 50-50 in terms of passing and rushing. They have a ground and pound running back for San Jose State that is going to kill you. And I think Coastal Carolina's defense is in a lot of trouble, especially with Killen in the portal. Um, We don't know who's going to play that's in the portal for Coastal and is going to try one last time to make an impression, I guess. But it's safe to assume that most, if not all, those guys won't be there. And I think that's really, really going to hurt Coastal on the defensive side of the ball. Just losing one guy and killing is going to kill you. And and I say that because San Jose State's running back has roughly about 1,100 yards. It's not insane number of yards, but what he does have is 18 touchdowns on the season. Like he, he is carrying this team. They don't make mistakes. In fact, if you look at their turnovers, um, they finished the season number six in turnover margin per game at positive one. So every single game, they're winning the turnover margin by at least one, which is ridiculous. I mean, again, that's a, it's a top 10 number in the entire country to win by by one. It doesn't sound crazy when you break it down that way, but it is. And so this team is not going to mess up. They're not going to cause any kinds of, of, of easy plays and easy setups for Coastal. And Coastal's going to have to work their butts off to slow them down even a little bit. We'll move to the defensive side of the ball. Um, well, I take that back. Before we, before we move off of offense, I do want to point out San Jose State does not have very many players in the portal, but the one player they're losing uh, is Fernando Carmona, who's an offensive tackle. He's been their starter for like three years. Um, and enrolled at uh, Arkansas. So he will be headed to the SEC. So that's the caliber of offensive linemen they're losing. You're going to have to really work hard to take advantage of that. We move to the defensive side of the ball only because it's more interesting from Coastal's perspective. San Jose State's defense is okay to average. Um, They rank 70th in points per game. Yards per game, they're actually pretty good. They're top 50. Um, Third down conversion, they're almost last in the country. They are 122. Um, Teams are converting almost 50% of their third downs. Um, I I think that this is the most ridiculous stat, though. Red zone, opponent red zone scoring percentage. So how often a team that gets to the red zone against San Jose State scores? 100% of the time, they have not had a single red zone stop all year. So Coastal Carolina has struggled finishing drives. This might be the chance for them to do that. Josh, I'll turn it over to you. Coastal Carolina is going to be running out a skeleton crew at offense, most notably without McCall and Jared Brown. What are your expectations for this, this offensive unit, if there are any at all? Well, if you're looking for some type of optimism, it's in this. Like you mentioned, their defense is not as potent as their offense, um, and and it's really probably what's held them down, if any, this year. 175 roughly rushing yards allowed per game. If you're Coastal, that's obviously what you're looking at. You have Ethan Vasco starting this game. You still have Reese White. You still have Max Balthazar. You still have Braden Bennett and Javen Simpkins. So you still got four running backs that can do work for you, plus a quarterback. You got to look to run the ball. When you have a potent offense like this, you got to look to limit possessions. You got to own the time of possession. This is one of those games that if Coastal's going to win it, probably need two or three eight minute drives in this game. And like you mentioned, the red zone 100% allowed, that's good because 
I, I actually really like our offense in the red zone with Vasco because the field shrinks. You're, you're not taking away the arm strength of a quarterback, but we can really rely on a guy like Vasco to get you three, four yards every play. That's kind of what we do to throw the fade ball to Sam Pinckney. He's done that before. He showed that ability in the old Dominion game. He showed that ability all season. He may not be able to get the quick strike, except with his legs. That's where, like, if we fall behind with him, I don't like it. But I, I think that he's a quarterback that obviously lends to time of possession and chipping away in the red zone and running the ball and pounding the rock. And really, this is a game, like, in modern college football, these bowl games are so weird now because everybody's got guys missing pretty much. Everybody's got guys in the portal. But to a lot of schools and, and schools like us, they still mean something, and you got to find ways to win them. So a physical pound-the-rock game, if we if that's what we got to do, we've talked about it before. We've In the past, we've praised the coaching staff's ability to change up their scheme and whatnot based on who their quarterback is, based on who the opponent is. They're going to have to pound the rock. They're going to have to get a couple stops, and they're going to have to control the game clock and get out of here with a win because as much as we talk about San Jose is a good football team, a win in this game, I think, for, for our program, for the confidence of our fans, for our confidence in the coaching staff, I think this would go a long way, and we need to pull this one out. And it's an opponent, yes, they're good, but that's a good thing, like, the bowl committee is giving us solid opponents. They gave us a 10-win MAC champion in the Cure Bowl. They've given us an 11-win Liberty team. They give us an 8- or 9-win East Carolina team. They're not giving us nobodies in these bowl games, and we should take that as an opportunity. And, damn, we need to win our second bowl game. The, the three of us were there for the, the first bowl win ever, but we haven't won one since then, and that was like two years ago now. So... Let's go ahead and get this done. We're going to have to run the ball if we want to do that. Yeah, to put it in context, San Jose State itself is a little bit new to bowl games, just like Coastal. They've been around for a heck of a lot longer, but they've only played in eight bowl games ever. They did play in one last year, so this team's not new to this whole you know process. But it is something of note that historically this team doesn't play in bowl games. So um, Coastal Carolina, having gone to, what is it now, four straight bowl games, might have an edge in that department, but I, I don't know how much of an edge it really is. Jordan, I always like to come to you for the people stories. You always uh, you always put emotions into context very well. This could very well be Sam Pinckney's last football game ever. We all have very high hopes for his professional uh, career, whether that's in the NFL, CFL, or or overseas. But this is a guy that that means a lot to Coastal Carolina. How how emotional do you think he will be, and what are you expecting from Mr. Pinckney come uh, the 23rd? Well, I think that it's going to be really emotional for him. I mean, like you said, this is his pretty much his last college game ever playing. And, you know, all the contributions he's done for us over the past two years has been um, spectacular. This guy has set records. He's made a name for himself, and I, I think he's, he's done some – so well to the point where he he's gonna get an opportunity at the next level, and we we already had him on the show. We've had him on the show a couple of times, but the main thing he wanted to do was leave uh, leave at least leave, leave as a champion. Excuse me. So, um, you know, we didn't get a chance to go to the conference championship. So I think that he will want nothing more than leave his college career with a with a championship ring and bringing another trophy in the 
uh, Norman Fieldhouse um, in the trophy case. So I think that with that being said, I think that he's going to come into this game probably more motivated than he's ever played ever. I think that with this being in Hawaii, I think with this being a big test, playing a team from the West Coast again, um, I think that he's going to go out there. He's going to try to do everything he can for this team. And I look forward to seeing what he can do on the 23rd. But the main thing I think he needs to do is just go out there and try not – we all know that Jared Brown's not there, but you got other weapons there as well. You got Jameson Tucker there as well to help him out. So I think that he probably needs to just try to get as many catches in and get as many yards after the catch as possible. Um, if we can get him into the end zone as well, that'd be great. I would love to see him score at least – a couple touchdowns before this, the game's over, but I need him to, I need him to like ball out this game. This would mean a lot, like Josh mentioned, for recruiting, for the team going forward. Um, I think for him and his family as well. So we'll just see what happens, but I think Mr. Pinkney's going to have a, a big day. Um, Vasco needs to be trying to get him the ball as much as possible that game. And if he can do that, I think that we've got a chance but only if Vasco can get him the ball. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, you have to feed him. And, I mean, at times Vasco has shown that he's able to do that. I mean, obviously the old Dominion game comes into mind. But, yeah, Sam Pickney, like, he's one of those guys that regardless of how he came in, I think he's someone that pretty much anybody that you would ask, Sam Pickney, like, they're going to remember him as a Shauna Clear. He broke that – consecutive reception record as a Shauna clear back-to-back thousand yard seasons essentially as a Shauna clear like this guy came here he made a ridiculous impact even more so like I remember we were doing this show when he transferred in and I think he's made even more of an impact than we presumed he would he's that big body receiver I can't even speak for I'm sure I can't even put into words what his leadership has meant for a lot of the guys in the locker room. I mean, this dude is, he's probably about 24, 25 years old now. He's married. He's got a kid. Like, this is a full-grown man. And to be in the locker room with all of these 18, 19-year-old kids and show them that, like, it's not all about one game, short memory. I'm sure that his leadership has been a huge part to the teams the last couple of seasons. And, yeah, we're going to need to rely on in this bowl game because – like you mentioned, when you have guys in the portal, that means that a lot of unexperienced guys are going to be playing. And I think that it's good that we know that number 15 will be there. He'll be the leader. I promise you, before the game, everybody's going to be looking at him to give that speech and looking at him to kind of lead the team out there. And and I believe that he can do that. And, yeah, if we lean on 15, I think we'll be just fine. And yeah, what this guy has meant to that program, as much praise as Grayson gets as well. Like what we can give to Sam Pickney is this guy's forever a Sean. He's always welcome back. He's always welcome back on the show. And I would love to see him ball out one more time and, and put on for the teal and bronze and leave as a champion like he wanted to. Yeah, it's not the championship that he was hoping for, but it is a trophy. It is something to put in the Norman Fieldhouse. He currently sits 96 yards of a thousand yard season. You mentioned that Jordan, that he's really, or uh, excuse me, Josh, that he's really close. I, I would love to see him hit that number. I know it's arbitrary and dumb, but a thousand yards is a thousand yards. And I'd love to see him hit that number this game. And, you know, we won't dwell too much. We talked at length about the, the people leaving coastal Carolina 
and how that is going to impact this team and, and this this game. But I, st- I do think that having someone like Pinkney still available to you is, is going to be massive for this. I, I know that the young guys are going to get a chance and I'm excited to see what they can do. And, and some of these guys that have never seen the field are going to get to play. Um, and that's exciting, but give 15 the ball as much as humanly possible, please. Uh, it's, it's about our only hope in this game. Speaking of hope, Coastal Carolina comes into the game as a 10.5 point underdog. Uh, weather's looking good. It's Hawaii, so naturally it is about 82 degrees and sunshine. Gentlemen, let's start predictions. I will give you Mario's prediction. He's not with us tonight. Um, he goes 27 to 24, Coastal Carolina. A, a bit of a low scoring affair there from Mario, but that's his prediction. Josh, we'll go ahead. We'll start with you. Where are you at with this game? I'm going to go 31-27 San Jose State. I just think that their offense is clicking so well right now, and they have so many different ways that they can beat you. But I I think that – I think we'll be competitive in a sense. I think there's entirely a chance for this to devolve into a blowout. But I I believe that, like we said, San Jose State may not have that much experience with bowl games, but you know who does is is Tim Beck. Not as a head coach, but – as an offensive coordinator, this man's been to a bowl game. I, I'm I'm curious to see. I haven't really looked into it, but he's probably been in like 15 bowl games in the past 20 years. Like, if anybody knows how to coach guys through December, keep the guys who are here, and obviously the transfer portal has kind of changed a lot in the last three or four years, but keep the guys who are here practicing through December because our season ended, regular season ended almost a month ago now, and you you keep practicing, like you try to hold who you can here. We want the guys that want to be here, here. And it kind of seems like a lot of the guys that are in the portal will travel with the team, which is a little weird, but it is Hawaii. So they're going to stick with the team for the free trip. But you got to keep that focus on the guys that are going to be here. You got to keep the focus on the game because as fun as this is, like like I said, if, they, if we want to keep being in cool bowl games, we got to win the cool bowl game so that, People keep putting us on TV. This will be our sixth or seventh nationally televised game this year. It's huge. And we haven't really been that good in them, to be honest. Other than late down the season, we won a couple on NFL Network. We won one on ESPN, too. Like, this is yet another chance to shine on national television. And in Hawaii, like, if you want to keep coming back, win the game, bring the ratings. And I I may have them projected for a loss, but... I think that there is a chance we could do it, but we're going to have to follow a pretty specific game plan, in my opinion. And it's it, the start of the game is going to have to be near flawless, and that first drive has to end in a touchdown if we're going to win this game. But I think it'll be a fun game, and I'm very excited. Jordan, what's your prediction for this one? I got Coastal winning. I'm going 34-31 Coastal. I, I can't see us losing. I, I know I know you guys might be shocked, but we gotta win this. We gotta win this. We're not we, what is it, the fourth bowl game we've been in? We're one in three in bowl games. We gotta win. Well, we, we gotta win. I, I I gotta I gotta I'm not unless I see some I've seen some things from this team that makes me wanna say no, but the simple fact of the matter is you know, Sam Pinkney playing his last game. Um, Ethan Vasco's got something to prove. You know, this could potentially be his team going into next season. 
and we got to see what he can do uh, in this game. He's played good in the in some games, uh, but the majority of the games he's played in, he's played good in. I want to see what he can do when now you don't have to worry about Grace McCall. You don't have to worry about Jared Guest. This is your team now. Let's see how you handle the pressure of winning a big-time uh, football game. The defense, I got to see. We got some players in the portal. I want to see how this defense is going to respond. You guys got absolutely drugged by James Madison. How are you going to respond against a very good San Jose State team? I think that the defense is going to step up big time in that game when it needs to. I think Cade Hensley, hell, Cade's not in the portal. <laughs> Cade's not in the portal. So I think that Cade's going to hit the game winner. I think he's going to pull an app state on us and, and hit the game winner. And I think that we're going to be celebrating in Hawaii and we're going to bring that trophy back to Conway. But this is huge. Big implications going forward. We got to get this. Tim Beck, all the coordinators have to be locked in for this game. We have to do everything we can. Like Josh mentioned, we have to win, get another trophy in the trophy case, and continue to bring prominence to Coastal. And I think getting a win here in the Hawaii Bowl against a very good San Jose State team will do that. So I'm going to say 37-34 um, Coastal. Yeah. I, I agree that like, and I, I can't stress this enough that I think this is a big opportunity and a big game and, and something that we can really kind of, it's a good litmus test. Like you said, Ethan Vasco, we already brought in a quarterback in the portal that we think they might be doing that. Obviously they're bringing him in because they want him to have a chance to start next year. You get a look at now Ethan Vasco, like you said, it's his team. He doesn't have to worry about is Jared gets a healthy scratch? What's wrong with Grayson? Like he's had now three weeks of practice as his team, which has never happened in his entire career. So you get a chance to look at this guy in prime time in a bowl game, in a huge game going into next season. I think that's a huge opportunity for him. And that's a really good opportunity for your team to see what you have. And a lot of these guys, like anybody that steps up, we gotta know, can Duplacy and Tucker replace some of these guys? Do we what do we need to still address in the portal? Tim Beck said it like they're gonna look at what happens in the bowl game, and that tells you still what you need to address in the portal after signing day, after what you've already done in the portal. Like these bowl games, a lot of like for a lot of teams, it's like they take them for granted, but we really this is a football game for us. We're still looking, this is a real football game. We're looking what we need to fix. We're, we're looking towards the future and a win another trophy so that we're not just at one bowl game champion. I would love for them to have another ring, another championship trophy. We're not a one hit wonder. We can do it with another head coach. This is a huge opportunity and they really got to take it seriously. We're not on vacation. We're here to win a damn football game. Boy, it's going to be real hard to give this prediction after you just gave the, uh, the motivational speech there. Uh, 38, 14 San Jose state. Uh, I don't even, I, I like, I listen, I think there's too much change at coastal Carolina right now. I think quite literally half the team will be gone after this game, either through the portal or through graduation. Most of the guys in the portal aren't going to play. The defense hasn't been good lately. They've been good all season, but lately they've been shit, especially against the run army ran for like 300 thousand yards in that game like it was ridiculous james madison wasn't even competitive and and i don't think the coastal carolina can bounce back i really don't i think that this is a team that 
yes, they have belief and yes, they're going to fight. I, I have zero doubt in my mind that they're they're They care about this and they're going to try to win. But I think San Jose state is too hot. I think San Jose state is too together as a team. They quite They have like four guys in the portal and outside of that starting left tackle, it's all like fourth string guys. Like it's nobody is in the portal for them. So they believe they want to finish the season. Coastal Carolina made it very obvious by 20 guys jumping in the portal that the end of our season was when James Madison put up 56. They did not give a shit about this game or else you would have had most of those 20 guys would have stayed in, in, in the team fold until after this game. So I think it's a team mentality. I think it's it's a, hey, we'll be back and we'll get them next year type thing. And I don't think Coastal Carolina is is has a chance to win this game towards the end. But I also don't think they'll roll over and play dead quite like they did against James Madison. I think, you know, they'll have some pride in it, but it just they'll be outclassed at this point. We'll hit our last segment, our last one of the year. The stat that matters. Um Mario's stat that matters was interesting. Uh, He basically said they have to outscore San Jose State by 14 in the second half. Um, And if they do that, they'll win, which is uh, whatever. But I I don't think that necessarily outscoring them by 14 in the second half will be enough. Hell, I said that they would barely score 14 points in the game entirely. Josh, what's your stat that matters? Mario never ceases to bring just... One of us always has the most random stat every week, whether it's your analytic as stats or whatever that we need a notebook for, but I'm going to keep it simple. I think if we run the ball for 200 plus yards, that's twice the length of the field. I think we win. Um, They're giving up 180. And I think that if we're able to run it for 200, it probably means we go over that by at least a decent margin. Um, I don't really think we need to throw the ball that much. Like I said, the path to winning this game is controlling the clock, getting one or two stops, and having a couple eight, nine-minute drives. Run the ball. Like you said, we're in, we got got a running back in the portal, but we still got four running backs that can run the ball, and we got a quarterback that can run the ball. Run the damn ball. Get creative with it. Don't do inside zone every play. I can do that. I could do that, and I, you don't have to pay me anything. But get creative with it. Come up with packages, formations. Get your blocking in order. Run the ball for 200 yards, and we win this game. Book it. Simple enough. Jordan, your stat that matters. Sam Pinckney, 150 receiving yards. If you're going to go out, you might as well go out going off. (laughs) And I think that he's going to have to do that for us to have a chance to win this game. Um, Vasco... He's going to have to do what he can throwing. We know how good of a runner he is, but he's going to have to put up a good performance throwing the ball. I mean, we're going to have to be, let's just be honest. Josh brought up the running um, by the running, by the running game, but I think the passing is going to be key too. If you can't move the ball, passing the ball and can only do a running, then it's going to make your, your, your performance one dimensional and you're not going to be as fluent on offense. So the defense will be on the field more like that. And, we can't we can't have that. Our defense is already struggling as it is. We can't allow our defense to be on the field more than our offense is. So I think Ethan Vasco has to let it rip. And I think one of the best ways for him to have a good performance throwing the ball is giving the ball to 15 every chance he can get. 
So I'm going to say 150 yards receiving for Sam Pinkney. And I'm going to say two touchdowns because I want to see that before he leaves out of here. So I think if we do that, we got a chance. So we'll see. So, yeah, you made mention of it earlier, Josh, my crazy analytical first down success percentage and third down percentage when it's raining and it's also a Tuesday and the coach is smoking a cigar. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep it simple with this one, and I think I'm going to go uh, with the offensive side of the ball. You have to average at least five yards a carry. It's basically what San Jose State is giving up. They're giving up 4.8 yards a rush. And I think, like you said, if Coastal Carolina has a chance, they have to keep this low scoring. They have to keep San Jose State's offense off the field. You have to look at time of possession and, and and keep that number. You have to be 10 minutes positive on San Jose State, basically from the get-go, in order to have a chance. And I think running the ball, being able to give it to the stable of running backs, running some of the option plays that we saw in the middle late portion of the season which it's weird that we'd ran those for like three weeks and then completely abandoned it and it was three games that we won but i i digress i think coastal carolina has to do that in order to win i think you have to average five um and you have to keep the ball moving on the ground if you can average five that's a first down every two plays and you just keep the ball rolling over and over and over again and and you might win this game you might keep it low scoring and have a chance but with that, we'll wrap it up. Our final game preview of the season. We're not going anywhere in the off season. I know we still got post game um, episode, and then football is officially done. But basketball season is in full swing. Men's and women's, even though we really don't want to talk about the men's team, they are atrocious. We'll have to. Baseball season is not that far away, and uh, that team is very, very exciting. Um, preseason polls won't be out for that for for a while yet. But Coastal Carolina, expect them to be a top 15, top 10 team in most preseason polls. Um, the the amount of raving that I have seen for that team in college baseball media is outstanding. Um, Coach Gilly's final ride is going to be interesting. So we'll have a lot of content coming your way. You might have a couple of, uh, we'll call them filler episodes. We'll be nice to each other and call them filler episodes. But we'll do some fun things over the holidays and, and the, uh, the football offseason before we get to baseball um, to keep things interesting and keep content flowing your way. Um, again, congratulations to Josh on officially becoming an alumni of the Coastal Carolina University. We are all alumni now. Well, kind of. <laughs> I didn't technically graduate. I just kind of left. <laughs> I just uh, kind of said that's enough of that shit and left. <laughs> but uh, on me when we get back to Conway, everybody first rounds on me for Josh. Just letting you know. Hey, that. There we go. We'll go to the sticky floors and Tongi. We'll steal a, a urinal and then Josh will pay up by the shots. So L.A. Part two. L.A. Part two. Hey, oh. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you real soon. Tune in on Saturday. Um, It is what time is kickoff? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Hold on. Uh, yeah i believe 10 30 so 10 30 yeah so weird kickoff time for us it'll be normal you know local time they're what like five or six hours ahead of us so five i think so it'll be five so it won't be too bad for them but it is is another late night coastal game much like the ucla game to start the season um but yeah we we appreciate you guys following along all season and uh we'll be back real soon as always shots up 